Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us as always, especially wrapping up another week. And what a week it's been. Holy cow, a lot of things going on in Washington, D.C. And as I've been saying throughout this entire week, we're watching the House of Cards fall in D.C. The truth, the transparency coming out. It's been fascinating to watch, to talk about some of that and a heck of a lot more. Really happy to have this guy back on the program with us here. Great friend from the big first district in the state of Kansas, from the first congressional district, it's Congressman Tracy Mann. Congressman, how are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for what you do, Andy. Hey, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And uh, so much going on. I mean, as we, uh, I've been talking about this all week. We've seen more, I guess, truth bombs dropped out of D.C. with you guys running the House now finally. Hat tip off to Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, and what you guys have been doing. The truth is coming out, and people can finally start realizing what the heck's going on in the country. No, that's right. I feel like we've made some legitimate um, progress, and it's actually great to be on offense, having the, the votes to get some passed out of the House. And some of this stuff's even passing out as bipartisan, Andy, yeah. which is a good thing. Later this morning, we're going to vote for a resolution. Um, I'm going to vote for it, strongly support it. I'm guessing it's going to pass to declassify what we know about the origins of COVID, specifically any information that's known about um, a potential leak from the Wuhan lab which is what, with information I have, I believe is what happened. Um, but, hey, we need to, uh, you know, the, the left, uh, the radical left needs to not run from the truth. We need to embrace it, get to the bottom of what happened, declassify this um, so we can move forward. Um, so we will, we will see what happens here later this morning with this vote. Yeah, that's amazing. So the whole point is, is actually, yeah, being able to find the real truth. So you're telling me, Congressman, that Ozzy Osbourne wasn't over there biting the heads off of bats. I mean, what are the chances that a wet lab, you know, that, that this um, virus kind of spontaneously came about at a wet lab near the, or a wet market near the lab that research on this stuff's actually being done? I mean, I've never bought that theory. Yeah. And, uh, but we need to get to the truth. The American people, the whole world needs to know the truth. Um, at that point, then we can work to hold the Chinese accountable. But the first step, I believe, is to declassify the information to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I love that idea. I know the Democrats are losing their minds because they're losing the narrative that they've had over the last three years. And now they're trying to pull the kind of like the Hillary Clinton during her investigation of at what point does it really matter any longer? Now that the truth is coming out, we shouldn't pay attention to it because it's really not that big of a deal. So who really cares? Right. Which is, I mean, the, the truth always matters, Andy, in every situation, every topic. you got to start with the truth. Um, it always matters, and uh, we gotta we gotta get this declassified and really see what we have. American people are smart, uh, you know. Let's prevent information, and and if it's not fully known, even after it's declassified, uh, people can come to their own conclusions. But yeah. it's, it's, I'm looking forward to hopefully making some progress on this this morning. Yeah. And on the same front, let's shift gears a little bit to like the January sixth videos, for example. Regardless of what people believe happened on January sixth. The truth is always good to know. The transparency is always good. I'm not sure why these have been concealed and kept from us, but hat tips off to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy for releasing the 40,000-plus hours of video. And, I mean, Tucker Carlson and other outlets starting to release some of this video as well, showing that the whole narrative that was pushed, while some bad things still did happen, it didn't quite happen the way that was been told to us for the last three years. And, again, they're kind of mad that this stuff's being exposed. Well, and, and, and yes, and it gets back to the truth. Let's have the truth. Let's let the truth be known um, to the American people um, on what actually happened on January the 6th, and then people can, can draw their conclusions from there. But we shouldn't run from the truth. Um, yeah. The facts are the facts. The video is the video. Um, the, the way that this has been handled, um, you, you know, and we've known this all along, is, is not good for, for the future of the republic. 
Um, but step one, you got to get to the uh, the bottom of it to know what the truth is, so we can move forward. Amen to that. I love it. We're talking with Congressman Tracy Mann from the Big First District here in my home state, here in the state of Kansas. As uh, let's shift gears a little bit, t- talking about truth. I didn't see a whole lot of truth or hear a whole lot of truth yesterday. Is the Biden administration, Joe Biden, showing up in Philly to release his budget proposal? And the lies that were coming out of his mouth for his entire 50-minute speech of him driveling on was absurd, still trying to claim that he's created 12 million jobs in this nation, more than any other administration, still trying to claim that he can cut the deficit while raising spending and then just raise taxes on rich individuals and how great it's going to be, still trying to claim that just wiping away student loan debt and uh, whatever social program he wants to expand is somehow going to be beneficial for the country and cut our spending. Congressman, my brain was hurting by the end of that speech. Um, same, you know, you wonder what, you know, what planet the uh, the president's on <laughs> when you give a speech like that. It, it, it just, and, and unless, you know, the speech is one thing, and I think it's notable, gave the speech in Philadelphia because he is concerned about his reelection, and he felt like uh, the budget does not stand on its own merit, so it needed to be politicized, and it needed to, uh, you know, picked about. In uh, in Pennsylvania, which will be a swing state in this election, so I just I think that's important to note, mm. and it's also important to note the budget is more than a month late. Uh, the president of the United States, he's been on the job for three years now, um, it needs to you know have certain dates that he's to come forward with a budget to Congress. Missed it by a month, uh, and then then claims you know he cares suddenly about about our, our government's finances. But make no mistake, this budget that he's proposed is nothing more than a progressive wish list chock full of absolute junk that will be more spending um, on things that we don't need with money we don't have that we'll have to either raise taxes to pay for or borrow. Um, and, and and hopeful that this budget goes nowhere because it's a really bad budget. Yeah, let's talk about some of those details that are in here. I did notice that he's trying to raise those child tax credits again, uh, which I'm assuming is trying to go back into like the monthly payments that we were seeing, which to me, I've been saying it's not even a child tax credit. It's more like a universal basic income because those that didn't even qualify for the uh, for the income standards to qualify for the child tax credit before we're still receiving those monthly payments. It sounds like we're really trying to push hard for this whole universal basic income concept. Correct. Which uh, then, then you know, to finish that thought, does what? It increases the number of people that are dependent upon the government, yeah. and it grows the role of government and influence in our lives, um, which is the opposite of what the Founding Fathers intended. Um, Andy, big picture, I believe that there's a reversive relationship between the size of government and our freedom. Mm. If you grow government, uh, at the end of the day, you're going to shrink freedom. But if you shrink government, you will grow freedom. So when I see budgets proposed like this one that dramatically continues the growth of our federal government, at the end of the day, our freedom um, will will be reduced and America will be worse off for it. Not to mention the $32 trillion debt uh, that we've racked up that it would just further add on to that. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's also proposing a 25% minimum tax on billionaires, but then said that uh, anybody who has a net value of over $100 million which I'm not a math whiz, but I'm sure isn't a billion dollars. But if you have a net worth of over $100 million, then you would qualify for that 25% minimum tax in the country. So the theory is is that we're just going to tax more from the people that are already paying the majority of the taxes, and somehow that's going to lower the deficit in the country. I just don't see how that makes any sense. Well, and and meanwhile, then there's things in this budget like doing away with a stepped-up basis, which is a big deal for agriculture 
for our small businesses to pass a business or a farm from one generation to the next with a step up or an increase with the with uh, the tax basis yeah. to not have to pay or to dramatically reduce capital gains tax is huge. Um, there are provisions in this legislation that would require any farmland or business owned by a family uh, for 90 years or more to have a one-time capital gains tax true-up in the year 2030. I mean, these taxes will absolutely force businesses, family farms to, to close and uh, and go out of business, which, um, yeah, we got to make sure and we, we were working to make sure that a lot of the bad provisions in this budget never see the light of day, never get passed through the House and absolutely never get signed into law. What an absolute disaster. I know that most of the time when the president releases a budget proposal to Congress, it's kind of a, it gets thrown in the request bin in the corner of the office and says, thanks, but no thanks, we're going to do our own thing. Are, how confident are we that that's going to happen this time as well with Republicans leading the House who are supposed to hold the power of the person say, yeah, this ain't going to fly, we're not going to go down this road? Yeah, but you know the process is the President of the United States, Republican or Democrats, starts the process with the budget. Um, but House Republicans are very clear that we've got to get our spending under control. Yeah. Again, we are approaching $32 trillion in debt. And Andy, I think it's important you know, for listeners and folks to understand this means that the interest alone on the national debt in the next 10 years, the interest alone will be more than $10 trillion. Wow. Perspective. The last 10 years, the interest on the debt was only was only was $3 trillion. The last 72 years, so since 1940, the interest on the national debt total was a little over $9 trillion. And here with this debt that's been racked up, most of our, our a big chunk of it over the last few years, we're going to be looking at $10 trillion in interest, only in interest payments over the next two years. Um, we, we have we, we are letting this thing get away from us. I was concerned our debt was at $13 trillion. We're at $32 trillion. And we've got to uh, get this country's finances back on track. Amen to that. We're talking with Congressman Tracy Mann from the Big First District of Kansas. Speaking of, real quick on the budget before we kind of shift gears a little bit, I know that uh, this was the proposal for the 2024 budget. We also have still hit our debt ceiling for 2023 moving through for the next few months here in the country. What's the latest on the conversation you've heard on uh, hopefully not raising the debt ceiling, but actually cutting some spending, finding a way to get through the rest of this fiscal year? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we hit the debt limit. So Congress authorizes the spending of money. We also have to approve uh, the increase in our, our debt limit, or it's called the debt ceiling. Um, to your point earlier, you know, Congress has the power of the purse. Um, you, you know, here's my take on it, Andy. If I have a credit card and I max out that credit card, um, those responsibilities, those charges are my responsibility. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, we, I do not believe we should default on that debt. At the same time, though, it is responsible and reasonable to, before you just go and get another credit card or increase your limits on your credit card, uh, we can have an adult conversation in this country about how we got here um, and, and where we're headed, because it's absolutely would be um, mal, you know, financial malpractice to just raise the debt limit, uh, move forward without having a real conversation about how we get our spending under control. Um, and, and the losers, um, if we don't, will be um, our children, our grandchildren, and the winners will be countries like China. Um, who, who, you know, as, as we're going to be grappling with this debt for decades, uh, will embolden our, our enemies and, and others abroad. Yeah. 
you're absolutely right. I think that Congress almost uh, kind of shot themselves in the foot going in and passing the omnibus package in December of last year, as opposed to just extending out spending for a couple of months, allow the Republicans to take over the House representatives, then work on a budget for the rest of the year, in which case we could have cut out a lot of the wasteful spending and actually had plenty of room to pay our debts and not have an issue because I really we're already spending over 100 percent of our GDP in debt as a nation. I really don't want to see us raise the debt ceiling at all anymore. And I personally, I think we need to find alternative ways to pay for our debts by cutting certain programs and spending that we're doing right now. Yeah, and to your point, I think we missed a golden opportunity last December to know, knowing that the tides were turning and Republicans were having a in the House. Um, should have just extended. Um, I'm usually not for a short punt, but in December, should have had a short punt yeah. um, into January when the House flips so that we can decrease spending. Instead, a $1.7 trillion, $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill got jammed through and signed into law, which is very, very discouraging for those of us that care about the fiscal conservative and the uh, physical conservatism and the, uh, the, the financial state of this great country. Amen to that. A few other things here before we let you go. I know you're short on time, and I appreciate it very much. But uh, let's get an update from the Farm Bill. I know you guys have been working on it, obviously being on the Ag Committee. How's that process going as we move through the year so far? Well, um, so these are five-year bills. Our current farm bill that we're under now expires on September 30th of this year. Um, we're having a lot of hearings um, all over the country. Looking forward to having a, a hearing in Kansas. But the Ag Committee is actually seeking input from producers, uh, from stakeholders. Optimistic will get a, a farm bill done. We've got to get this right, Andy, yeah. because um, we are a free country for a handful of reasons, but, but one of which is the fact that we have never had to rely on another country for our food supply. If we get ag policy wrong, and if we have, see a dip in production and we have to start importing food, um, we are in a much different spot as a nation. Food security is national security. Our freedoms will be weakened, so we've got to get this farm bill right here moving forward. And again, that um, it currently expires on September the 30th. We're getting closer to that one. That's going to be a big concern. Uh, regarding that and with some of the foreign issues as well, are we still moving forward on a bill or discussions regarding trying to ban foreign countries, foreign individuals from being able to purchase farmland in the country? I know Oklahoma and different statewide uh, legislations happening across the country trying to work on this issue, but is that still a topical issue at the federal level as well? It absolutely is something I am very, very passionate about. We did a lot of work on this. Um, co-sponsored legislation that would prevent um, you know foreign countries and specifically um, folks from China from buying our farmland. I mean, this is not rocket science. Um, we are crazy, in my view, as a nation, if we allow um, someone that's not a U.S. citizen um, from China or Russia or any other country from owning farmland in this country. Specifically, you know, there's instances where there are large tracts of farmland near our Air Force bases in Texas, um, you know, up north, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, you know, we have allowed foreigners to own land near our Air Force bases. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, some states, to your, to your point of stepping in with some legislative fix, uh, we're trying to get something done on the federal level as well. I love it. I love it. Congressman Tracy, man, last question before we let you go. And again, I appreciate all the time. But speaking of China and foreign issues, I don't know how much you followed the Restrict Act coming out of the Senate regarding social media, especially things like TikTok. Uh, I am concerned about the Restrict Act because obviously TikTok may have its issues, especially with having foreign entities surveil a lot of consumers and in, in the 100 million plus Americans. 
at the same time, giving over power to the Commerce Department to ban any type of social media that could be detrimental to our quote-unquote national security raises some flags when we have an administration calling Republicans domestic terrorists. So uh, your thoughts on that and what do you think we should be doing, not only with TikTok, but just in uh, the ability for uh, average Americans to be able to converse on social media? Well, you know, yesterday passed a resolution in the House um, that would prevent bureaucrats from conspiring with what um, would so it would prevent federal employees from conspiring with big tech companies to limit free speech. Mm-hmm. And we have instances where you have people at the Department of Justice or, or FBI or other agencies that are cooperating with Facebook, Twitter, others to to ban people um, because of free speech, uh, you know, things that, that absolutely are, are legal, and, and this is a big encroachment in our lives. And so I think that's um, the way to go about it, um, or something I certainly supported, voted for this resolution yesterday. It did pass. It was over to the Senate. I'm hopefully that'll make some progress on this issue. Good, good. I love it. I think that's the best way to go there is just to make sure that government's not trying to control the propaganda on what we're allowed and not allowed to have a conversation about on social media. Uh, major issue. Congressman Tracy Mann from the Big First District here in the state of Kansas. Congressman, thank you so much for all the time. Keep up the fight in D.C. What a big uh, week you guys have had. Let's keep up that momentum. Yeah, okay, will do. Sounds good, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day.